Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're covering Monday Night Raw for 517 and SmackDown 4520. So let's get the show on the road, shall we? Monday Night Raw for 517, the aftermath of WrestleMania Backlash. It starts out with Bobby Lashley, MVP's in the ring. He basically, what happens, let's fast forward for those of you who don't, it's on Instagram, on his Instagram if you want to go check it out. It's also on WWE's, uh, no, on the WWE.com, so if you want to go check that out, you can too. Bobby Lashley, early that morning, was at the gym working out, you know, trying to, you know, let champs do. They get themselves pumped up, get themselves ready. He's on a treadmill working out. Now, like I told you guys, this is on Bobby Lashley's Instagram. If you don't follow him, go follow him. It's also on WWE.com. Go check it out. It's an exclusive. But he's running on the treadmill. MVP sees him, goes running up and says, Whoa, you got to take a night off. Stop, 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 stop. And he's the stop button on his treadmill. Tells him, look, you need to take the night off, bro. You just had a grueling match against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. You, you know, you 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 went through a Titantron panel. You need to take a break. You need to relax. You need to chill. Look, just go to Monday night tonight. tonight. I promise you on Raw, you won't be disappointed. You'll get to relax. You'll get to chill. Yeah, I've got something cooked up for you. Just come on. Go with me. And, you know, they walk off, and, of course, Bobby Lashley says, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you're going to, you know, do me right. Well, when Bobby Lashley's coming in, it pans over to MVP standing in the ring. He announces the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley. Lashley comes out, but Lashley comes out with some very lovely ladies on both sides of him, holding his arm and walking with him. Lashley looking like a champ. You're styling, profiling, got the ladies looking good. Walks down the ramp, walks into the ring with the ladies, you know, hugs MVP, you know, holds up his championship. He's in there, they're celebrating, they're having a great time. He starts picking on his challengers, Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. He gives Drew McIntyre where credit is due, tells him that he's a great, you know, opponent, blah, 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 but you just couldn't get past the Almighty. He, you know, he's talking a good game, which is what Lashley does. He talks a great game, guys. If you guys have not seen him, you'll go look him up on social media. Lashley is an incredible champ. He really is. He is one of the best. He has done completely from a, done a whole 180 and has become such a fantastic champ and so fantastic, electrifying on the mic. It's fun to watch. But he's in there and, you know, he's talking a good game and talking about how his challengers just weren't better than him and how he was better than them and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he's having his night. It's the Almighty's night. Who doesn't blame him? You know, he says, you know, it never ends. One challenger after another. I never seem to be able to get, you know, a night off. I don't seem to get a break. And la, 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 la. MVP cuts him off. MVP tells him, look. I know I told you you were going to have the night off. I'm going to give you an easy night. I'm going to give you something that's a little easy so that you don't feel so pressured and don't feel so overwhelmed. I'm going to issue an open challenge. And he turns toward the toward the Titan Tron and goes, I'm issuing an open challenge to any wrestler, any man on the back that wants to come out here and face Bobby Lashley tonight in a match. Anybody in the back. It does not matter. Anybody in the back. Drew McIntyre's music hit. Drew comes out to answer the challenge. Lashley's got that look of, oh, here we go again. The Drew McIntyre story. How many times do I have to beat Drew McIntyre before I prove that he doesn't deserve a shot at this title? How many times do I have to do this? He comes up, takes the mic from MVP, and says he can't think of any other way other than to impress the ladies that he should have to face Bobby Lashley tonight. MVP cuts him off. Cuts him off right there because Lashley's about to go with Drew. He cuts him off right there. Gets, you know, kind of diffuses the situation. Says, hold up, you didn't let me finish. You interrupted my thought. You didn't let me finish. I did issue an open challenge 
for anybody in the back except for you and Braun Strowman. Anyone else but you two. You two don't get to face him tonight. That's plain and simple. That's it. You know, anybody. Drew gets mad and hits Lashley. The girls are screaming in the back. Great little reaction. Screaming in the back. Lashley and him are going at it. Literally going at it. Drew and Lashley are at it. Lashley gets out of the ring. Drew still keeps coming at him. Come on. Come on. Let me take you on. MVP's getting in between Lashley going, no, 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 champ. No, 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 no. Not him. Not him. Defuse the situation. No, 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 no. This is an interesting story. Because I'm interested because they keep bringing Drew back into it. And I'm kind of, like I told you guys, this match between Drew and Lashley could go on all the way to SummerSlam. It could go all the way to WrestleMania next year because it's such a good storyline. Especially when you throw, if you throw someone like Braun Strowman or someone else in, it can get gritty, it can get raw, it can get, I mean, it can get really, really good. It can get incredible if you play it right. And right now, creative's doing a heck of a job. You know, getting this set up, they're doing a great job. Of course, it cuts off and go. You know, it, Drew's taunting him. It's an incredible setup. I really like it. You guys may not. You guys may disagree with me. Like I told you, if you do, hit me up on social media. Tell me what you think. I love to hear your opinions on this because, to me, as a wrestling fan and as a female wrestling fan, this is a good storyline. This is a great setup. Creative is on fire with this. We find out that AJ's got to face Elias. AJ versus Elias. Now, this to me is interesting because I'm starting to suspect that they might be getting ready to set up Elias and Jackson Riker to go against AJ and Omos. Great. We don't, you know, we've seen the AJ New Day story. We're ready to move on with something fresh and new, and Elias and Jackson Riker are a great fresh and new start. They're a great, you know, great storyline. It's it's really good. I mean, the match was incredible. Elias actually did bring his A game. I mean, he was really good. At one point, you thought AJ tweaked his knee. It was just an, I mean, it was an incredible match back and forth. Of course, you had Big Tall almost at, the, at ringside, and you had Jackson Riker at ringside. There were a couple times where there was a conf- confrontations between Jackson Riker and almost. It was a really, I mean, really great, great fight. Back and forth, really good fight. Of course, it did end in a DQ. Jackson Riker and kind of got involved in the match, costing Elias, uh, costing and causing a DQ, which cost Elias the match, which gave AJ the win by DQ. Well, almost didn't take too lightly to Jackson Riker getting involved in it, and he chased him all the way up the ramp. I mean, ran Jackson Riker down fast. Elias basically decides I'm going to hide behind the commentary desk. I want nothing to do with almost. I want nothing to do with this six-five guy that's going to take me out with a look. I'm just going to stay back here while Riker's at the top of the ramp. I'm not even fooling with this. I'm done. Not going to do it. Mm-mm. No. No, no, no. Alexis Playground. Here we are again. Back at Alexis Playground. And this time she has the women's tag team champions Tamina and Natalia with her as guests. Of course, Lily is sitting with her in her lap, her little cute doll Lily. And basically, Lily wants to know what their favorite color is. That's her first question. Of course, Natalia says pink. Who doesn't know Miss Kitty Cat loves pink? She wears pink everything. So, you know, we expect it. And of course, Tamina says black. They're basically, you know, oh, bad black and blue is what she basically says. Ha ha, bruises. We get it. This is an interesting setup because Lily, you know, we're trying to still trying to feel out Lily and what Lily is. Where is Alexa at? Where are we going with Alexa on this? Where's the storyline going? It's really creepy. I mean, it's really creepy because she keeps talking about how Lily likes this and Lily likes that, and Tamina and Natalia are creeped out. They just don't know what to think about Alexa. And Alexa's just going on and on about Lily and how Lily uh, Lily likes this and Lily does this and Lily does this. And they walk off while Alexa's still talking. Alexa turns around because Lily has another question to ask the girls and realizes the girls ain't there. She basically looks at them and goes, How rude. That was just rude. They left. They left without even saying goodbye. That was rude. She goes, But don't worry, girls. We'll be watching. We'll be watching. Where are they going with this Alexa Lily thing? What are we seeing? What could we be possibly seeing? You know, what is going on? I'm not quite sure about Alexa, and I'm not quite sure about Lily. 
what is I mean I know Lily's a doll but where does she play in this whole storyline <clears throat> what's your key you know what's the key point of this what are we expecting I don't know Lily is a complex character the complex storyline and I'm still sitting back going where's Bray Wyatt you know we need the fiend it, it's just weird that this whole Alexa story is really weird but well, we'll see where it goes with this. I'm not quite sure where it's going to go. I have no idea. We'll see where creative is going with it. It's going to be interesting to watch. Now we move on to Matt Riddle and New Day. They're basically making fun of, you know, each other and, you know, having their good little show and their little time together and all that. Well, they tell them that they got a message that they, there was supposed to be some kind of talk or something. Randy shows up behind him, and Randy says, okay, Riddle, I'm here, you know, where's Adam Pierce? you know, blah, 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 blah. come to find out, Matt Riddle set this whole storyline up, to get the two of them together, so maybe they could apologize, so Randy could apologize to the New Day, and they could, uh, you know, move on, and he, you know, he wants them to, you know, give, be friends, and everything, you know, everything will be okay, and he basically tells Randy, you have to apologize, Randy's like, I don't ever apologize. I don't ever say I'm sorry. Anybody who knows the Viper, he never says he's sorry for anything. Nothing. There is no sorry in Randy Orton. It's just Randy Orton's nature. That's what he does. He's the Viper, guys. Come on. He's the legend killer. He never says sorry for anything. So the New Day starts picking on him because he won't say he's sorry. Oh, you're afraid to say you're sorry. La, 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 la. Randy gets mad. I mean, mad. And Koshi, Kofi has an issue with it. Kofi has an issue with the fact that he's not wanting to say sorry. And that he has a problem with everything. And so Koshi, Kofi basically says, okay, here we go. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I'm tired of you being the little, you know, sarcastic person you're being. I'm tired of you picking on us. I didn't appreciate what you did last week. So if you want, you got a problem, we'll rekindle an old fight we used to have way back when. I'm issuing you a challenge. I want to face you one-on-one tonight. Xavier likes the idea. Randy likes the idea. Matt Riddle, not so much. This is not what he intended. And the two walk off. Matt's puzzled. He's not quite sure what to think. Matt, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I, If you're listening, I know the problem. It's you. You're pushing too hard to try to make Randy Orton something that he's not. Anybody in the business knows Randy Orton is all business. He is not fun and games. He's not, ha, 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 I'm sorry. It's just not Randy Orton. It's not Randy Orton's nature. Who did not see this coming? It was coming. We knew it was coming. But he issued a challenge. Apparently we're taking that Randy accepted. We're waiting to see what Ray, you know, what Adam Pierce says, whether we're going to get this fight or not. We know we're going to get it. It's just a matter of when it's going to pop up on Raw. We just wait to see. Angel Garza. This feud between Angel Garza and Drew Gulak has pretty much been an interesting feud because I've been very happy that Creative's trying to put more, you know, people from, you know, the roster out there to give them a little bit more, you know, a fresh storyline. It's good to see. So, of course, you know, a couple weeks ago, we saw Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak. And, of course, what happened to Drew Gulak at the hands of Angel Garza. So, who did not see Angel Garza and Drew Gulak having another match? <clears throat> who did not see this coming? It, it was coming. Of course, Angel Garza comes out with his rose. You know, his beautiful rose. And he sits it down the ring, pops his pants off, and is ready to go. Gulak comes out. This match was better than the match a couple weeks ago. Drew Gulak got to show a little bit more of what he could do. He got to showcase what he was capable of. You got to see a little bit more Gulak. Which is good because people need, you know, we need fresh superstars on there. We need fresh storylines. We, you know, we need fresh champs. We need stuff like this. So to give us a chance to see what Gulak can do after a couple weeks ago, we got to see what Angel Garza got to do. It was kind of nice. It was a great match. It was a really good match. Back and forth, of course. Angel Garza did win with the wing clipper. We saw that coming. But he turns around. As a couple weeks ago, he looks back at that rose again. He's looking at that rose, and we remember what he said last week. That, would you like me to take this rose and shove it further up than I did last time in your pants? We, you know, we all know what he was sitting to. We all, you know, the gears are turning, guys. We know where this is heading. But he's looking at this rose like, uh, oh, great. History's going to repeat itself from a couple weeks ago. 
He picks it up and walks over there to Garza. And the whole time you're sitting there and I'm sitting there. Everybody's sitting there thinking, here we go. He's going to do what he did a couple weeks ago. Uh-uh. He turns around and takes that rose and shoves it, thorns and all, into Drew Gulak's mouth. I mean, shoves it in his mouth. I mean, way in his mouth. I, I can only imagine those thorns. It had to hurt. It really had to hurt. And then Garza walks off. Great setup. Great storyline. Great way to go with this because, I mean, you're really set, creative is really setting up this feud between Garza and Gulak. It could be a really good feud that could go on for quite a while. I like it. I like the change. I like the, you know, I like that you're using other superstars. It, it, it's a good thing to do. Happy, 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 happy to see R-Truth return. We've not seen R-Truth in some time. So to see him come back with his baby, his baby, the 24-7 championship, I mean, he's had this championship so many times, it, it's not even funny. I was so happy to see him return, and he's kind of sneaking around. He gets stopped for an interview, and they're talking about, you know, Bobby Lashley opening a challenge, and, you know, of course, R-Truth misinterprets it in his usual comical way. We get, you know, we get our classic R-Truth, and that, you know, the interviewer has to correct him that the open challenge is for Bobby Lashley, and, you know, all this. Well, in the meantime, while this interview is going on, in the background, you see Akira Tozawa kind of creeping down the stairs in his little ninja outfit, sneaking up on R-Truth. You know exactly where this is going. We've seen it a hundred times with the 24-7 championship. For those of you who don't know, the 24-7 championship can be defended anywhere at any time. It can be defended in your backyard in the middle of a barbecue. It can be defended at your doctor's office. It can be defended at a baseball game, at your dentist's office. It can be defended in your living room while you're watching WWE you know, Raw. It can be defended anywhere, any place. It can be defended in your car airplane, airport, it doesn't matter, it can be defended. Well, Akira's sneaking up. He stops about halfway behind him and signals for a ref to come up. He sneaks up behind R-Truth, flips him up, one, two, three. Akira Tozawa's champ again. Here we go again. Now we're going to have R-Truth chasing Akira Tozawa to get his baby back. This is a great story. I love that they invented this 24-7 championship because it's fun to see who's going to take it next. We've seen Krog take it. We've seen Rosenberg take it. You know, we've seen a lot of you know, commentators in, in, from ESPN. We've seen, you know, sportscasters from ESPN. We've seen a lot of different people have this title. So it's going to be interesting to see who, you know, who's going to get it next and could R-Truth get it back. It's going to be interesting to see. I love this. I love this 24-7 championship. I love how it's done. It's great to see because you get to see people you don't normally get to see go after it. It's great. I like it. Of course, Adam Pearce does make official Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston. With Matt Riddle coming out with him, and Matt Riddle is already annoying Randy Orton. Oh, he's annoying Randy Orton. All over the place. Of course, commentary makes reference to the last time that Kofi and Randy had a confrontation. It was way back when. You know, confrontation was never completed. The fight was never over. You know, the storyline was kind of left. Eh, and they went on to bigger and better things, both of them. They both became WWE champions, you know. So we get to see this fight, you know, fight renewed. And it was an interesting fight. I mean, very interesting, back and forth. Most of the time, you know, you weren't sure, you know, could Kofi actually beat Randy? Could we possibly see, you know, an upset? You know, it, it was hard to say. Of course, to our shocking surprise, Kofi Kingston does get the upset and the win beating, guys, get this, the legend killer, Randy Orton. Randy's mad. Oh, he's mad. Randy's had enough. He just, he, he just ticked him off. He can't deal. Matt Riddle's just up there, you know, talking. Randy just can't deal with it. Randy walks off. First, he stops and kind of stares back at Matt. And you're thinking, oh, here it comes, the RKO. He's finally going to turn on Matt Riddle. We're finally going to see what his true intentions are, his true state colors. We're going to see it. No, he leaves. He walks off. He can't deal with it. Xavier celebrating, you know, and you know, Randy's chicken. He doesn't want to, you know, stand here and you know, you know, say he's sorry. Blah blah blah. Matt Riddle has enough and pushes Xavier down. Where are we going with this? Did Matt Riddle just turn heel? Did we really just see Matt Riddle go from playful Matt Riddle to let me kick your butt, Matt Riddle? Did we just see this, or was this just a freak occurrence that we weren't expecting? 
don't know where creative is going with this, but I like it. I, I would love to see a more grittier, more raw, more nasty Matt Riddle. I really would. It would really showcase what Matt Riddle really could do instead of being this comical, goofy person in the back that, you know, we're just tired of seeing. We want to see, you know, a real fight for Matt Riddle, and we're not getting it. So, him pushing Xavier Woods down, I'm like, hmm, creative might just actually be on to something. They might actually be pulling this off. Interested to see where this is going to go. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. We're going to see. Okay. The girls. Let's talk about the girls. They confront Sonya Deville saying how they haven't got a shot for the tag belts. I'm talking about, of course, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke. Yeah. I'm talking about them, and I'm also talking about Lana and Naomi. They kind of feel that they've gotten cheated out, you know, a shot at the titles. You know, you know, there's a lot of you know, women in the back in the division that would love to get a shot, you know, at the WWE women's title, your know, raw title. They would love to. And, you know, they're kind of having a confrontation, you know, with Sonya, telling her how they think that they should get a shot, that Sonya's kind of playing favoritism towards Charlotte. You know, they're calling out the obvious. They have a very good case. And, you know, they're trying to explain it, and, you know, da 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 And, of course, Sonya's listening, but also Dana and... Mandy are kind of upset because they've not gotten a shot at the tag titles yet. And I get their plight. I get their story. I understand where they're coming from. I get Naomi and Lana. You know, it, everybody's frustrated because they feel like they should deserve a shot. They feel like they should get And I believe they do. I believe they deserve a shot. Well, you know, they keep asking. You know, Charlotte comes in and says, well, you know, I deserve a one-on-one -on -one match with Rhea. Sonya looks at her like, really? You really think you do? She says, well, all of you, I will consider your requests. I really will. Well, Rhea comes in and says, whoa, 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 whoa. I need new talent. I need new challengers. Not Charlotte. Not anybody. I need so not Oscar. I need something new. I need something fresh. Of course, Sonya again tells her, I'll consider your, you know, I'll consider your, you know, your, y'all's thoughts. I'll consider your ideas and I'll get back to you on it. Maria turns around and tells Charlotte that she uh, is yesterday's news. Charlotte tells Rhea, "Well, she could be. Well, she says, well, you be. She she be Oscar." And Rhea says, "Maybe I'll go watch the match and see for myself because Charlotte's supposed to face Oscar later on tonight." And she says, "And I'll see if the queen falls from her throne." Charlotte walks off. Rhea walks off. Sonya starts coming to the realization from the look on her face, I've created a monster. Talking about Charlotte, she's not quite sure how she's going to get Charlotte to calm down. Because Charlotte has pretty much turned into a monster that Sonya created. I don't know what to tell you, Sonya. You've put yourself into a bad situation, a situation that you walked into. You shouldn't have walked into it in the first place. That's what happens when you play favoritism. Sometimes you create a monster. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I'm interested to see how Sonya's going to combat the monster known as Charlotte. How she's going to combat all the people, all the women coming to her and saying they want a shot. I'm interested to see what she's going to do. Is she going to give Rhea new challengers, new, you know, new talent, new people to face? I would love to see that because the Charlotte, Rhea, Oscar storyline is so yesterday, we're tired of seeing it. And you guys may disagree. You may think that it's a great storyline. I would love to hear your opinion. I really would. But to me, it just seems like it's, it's, it's getting old. It's getting stale. Let's move on, creative. Let's move on. Of course, Tag Team Championship rematch. Nia and Shayna have contract have a contractual rematch clause, and they called it out on Monday Night Raw and want to face Natalya and Tamina. So it's Natalya and Tamina versus Shayna and Nia. It's a heck of a match. I mean, it's a heck. I mean, it's one heck of a match. Back and forth, back and forth. You know, you're not sure where Shayna is going to go. You're not sure where Nia is going to go. You're not really sure Reginald going to play a key role in it. You know, what are we going to get? What Exactly what are we going to get? And the match is good. The match is great. The best part of the match is is in the middle of it, Alexis standing up on top of the ramp watching this match like she promised she would on Alexis' playground. She's standing up there with Lily, and she's watching the match, and the match is real good, and everything's good. You know, Reggie's up on the ring ropes trying to cheat. 
again, again. How many times does Reginald have to get up there and cheat so the girls can win? Well, apparently, Naya is down there on the side. Reggie's up on top of the ring ropes. Natalia's in the ring, and so is uh, Shayna Baszler. Apparently, Alexa does not like what's going on in the ring. So, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, flames shoot up off the posts on all four posts. I mean, sky-high flames. Literally scares Nia, freaks Shayna out, and Reggie falls back like he's blind. Because he was standing right by, the up on top of the apron, right by that pole where that fire shot up. Reggie falls back, and literally, you know, hits the, hits the wall. He's laying there, and Nia's trying to tend to him. It's a big old mess, but in the end, Natalia and Tamina retain their belt. Retain their belts. Shayna and Nia don't know what to think. They're sitting there, and in the background, all across the PA, you hear Lily making her little giggling sounds. Constant giggling, 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 giggling. And Alexa's still standing up there with this doll, and this doll is just eerie giggles all over the PA, everywhere. This was creepy. Absolutely creepy. Now I'm starting to see what might be happening. Last week, she showed up in the middle of a women's match and said one of the four girls in the ring, she had her eye on. Aha! Fast forward to now. She has her eye on Shayna. We believe it's Shayna Baszler she is gunning for. And she's going to toy with Shayna like a little toy doll until she gets what she wants. And it, I mean, it's just its a creepy but interesting way for Natalia and Tamina to retain. It was just wild. It was, it was fresh. It was something new. It was great. Of course, we get again Sheamus versus Ricochet. I told you guys at WrestleMania Backlash that was an incredible match. Ricochet brought his A-game. Now, I told you guys at the end of the match, he stole Sheamus's hat and coat and was dancing around, parading around in it, looking just fly. I mean, fly, Ricochet. Well, Sheamus comes out, takes the mic and calls out Ricochet, saying, you stole my hat and jacket, and I want it back. I know you're back there, Ricochet. I know you have it. I, 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 I want it. I want it. Well, they have an interview with Ricochet. And they're talking to him about his, you know, his kickoff show match. And Ricochet makes it perfectly clear. He wants the United States title. That's what he wants. That's what he's after. He doesn't care who he has to go through to get it. He wants it. So then they ask him, well, about, you know, Seamus's hat and jacket. And Ricochet comes up, goes, steps away from the camera for a second, walks back up with that hat and that jacket, styling their profile in the camera, basically making fun of Seamus. He comes up, Seamus isn't happy. You can see Seamus in the ring, the fumes, the steam. He's just furious, 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 furious. His music hits, he comes out dancing. Ricochet does in that hat and that jacket, just styling and profiling, just dancing, having a good old time. Seamus runs up after him and gets the drop on him. We get a match. Back and forth, killer match, just as good as the kickoff show, if not better. They both did better than you've ever seen. It was an incredible match. Incredible. Of course, again, Seamus beat him. Beat him. He starts making fun of Ricochet you know, and everything. Ricochet still has the hat and jacket. He still has his hat and jacket. He's making fun of Ricochet and he says, Well, you remember that open challenge Bobby Lashley had for his, you know, tonight? I have my eye on it. I just might take Bobby Lashley up on his open challenge and go for the title. Interesting. So now enters T-Bar and Mace. They're cutting a promo, claiming that they're done with Drew McIntyre, that they're tired of these big boys thinking that they're better than them, blah, 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 and that they want a shot at Bobby Lashley on his open challenge tonight. Now we have two. Bobby Lashley's starting to stack up the opponents. He's really starting to stack them up. If you count Drew McIntyre, we got three. Interesting, interesting setup. It's an interesting setup to who's going to take it. Who's going to take Bobby Lashley's challenge? Who's going to face Bobby Lashley tonight in the ring? Who are we going to see? Yeah, what, what do we expect? Could we get a new WWE champion? Who knows? We're waiting to see. We get Asuka and Charlotte. This match was an incredible setup. 
Rhea did come out to watch Charlotte's match, just as she promised. They brought it. Charlotte brought it, but Oscar really brought it. This girl just literally was just, this is a totally different Oscar than the one that, you know, Charlotte broke the streak on. Charlotte had no idea what she was playing with. She had no idea. She was playing with fire. And Oscar brought it. Oscar delivered. Of course, in a shocking upset, Oscar beats her. Oscar beats Charlotte Flair. Shocking. Shocking. It, it, it was just shocking. And Rhea basically gets up there and stands over and goes, Oh, you want this? <laughs> you want this? Well, guess what? You can't have it. Barking at her, mocking her again, just like she did at WrestleMania Backlash. I love this. Like I said, I like to see something new and exciting. I, I really kind of, like everyone else, kind of over the Charlotte Flair, Oscar, Rhea, but they're kind of trying to keep it fresh. Do I see Charlotte going for the title and trying to beat Rhea? Yes, somewhere down the line, I'm expecting it. Do I see Charlotte beating Rhea? I don't think so. It's going to be interesting to see how this is going to play out. Could, you know, someone else come into the picture? Could Rhea get her wish? Could we get a new challenger? What are we seeing here? It's it's going to be interesting to see. You guys might have a different opinion about Charlotte and them, and I would love to hear your opinions on it. I would love to know what you guys think because y'all's opinions count. I, I, y'all are the fans too. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I really am interested to see where this is going to go. John Morrison. John Morrison comes up. And basically is talking about what happened last night. Miz getting ate by zombies. How the zombies were lumber. The lumberjacks were zombies. How the, you know, he felt Damian Priest you know, wasn't playing fair. This wasn't a good match. And tonight he's dedicating the match to Miz because he's going to beat Damian Priest. So that cuts into the Damian Priest versus Morrison match. It's another lumberjack match. But this time it's real wrestlers. It's actual WWE superstars around the ring. Not zombies. So, this fight gets really good. It gets really interesting. It gets intense. Morrison's really bringing his A game. Damian Priest is bringing his. It's getting to be, you know, a really good competition between the two of them. It's a really good match. You know, like I said, guys, I was ready for the storyline to end. I'm kind of ready for them, for Damian Priest to get new challengers. But they're kind of, you know, where's Miz? We don't know where Miz is. We're not quite sure. You know, we know Miz got supposedly ate by zombies. Where is Miz in all this? Morrison, you know, it's a really, really good match. Of course, the Lumberjacks and Damien, you know, Damien takes out the Lumberjacks. It gets into a big old fight. It gets really, really interesting. You know, really good fight. You know, they're back and forth, back and forth. Of course, Damien Priest does win that match. He walks up excited that he won the match, excited that this feud is over, everything is done, he's ready to move on, and he says, hey, maybe I'll accept Bobby Lash's challenge tonight and face him for the WWE title. Maybe that's what I'll do. Who knows? I don't know. I, 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 it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. It's going to be really interesting to see where this exactly goes. I'm excited to see it. I'm anxious to see it. Could Damian Priest, could it be T-Bar and Mace? Could it be, you know, uh, Sheamus? Heck, we could even get Ricochet. Who knows? The sky's the limit as to who's going to accept Bobby Lashley's challenge. We don't know yet. We're not quite sure where this is going to go. It's going to be an interesting little fight. I'm interested to see who exactly is going to step up to the challenge. Really am interested to see this. So then we move on to Shelter Benjamin. I told you guys how I felt about Shelter Benjamin. Shelter Benjamin is a veteran. And veterans deserve respect where respect is due. And Sheldon Benjamin proved it last week when he beat Cedric Alexander. I was impressed with the fact that he finally did what he did, said what he was going to do, and he did it. And I'm happy that they said that. He basically also now says he wants to challenge Bobby Lashley. Everybody's jumping on the Bobby Lashley bandwagon. Everybody wants to challenge Bobby Lashley. Cedric comes up in the middle of his, you know, answer to the open challenge and disrespects him again. Sheldon takes him out. I mean, knocks him out. I mean, hits him in the mouth, knocks the taste out of his mouth. It is a nasty little feud between Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. They're really starting to allow Sheldon Benjamin to showcase what he can do. Give props to the veterans. The veterans paved the way for you. They're the reason that these other superstars are here. Without veterans like Sheldon Benjamin, you know, and 
you know, Beth Phoenix and others, we would not have the superstars we have today. So the veterans that are still in WWE deserve the respect from, you know, the you know the new people who are coming in. And I like to see that they're actually letting Sheldon Benjamin earn, you know, get that respect that he deserves. I like it. Bobby Lashley finally gets to make his open challenge. He comes out with MVP to basically say, okay, guys, I, I'm ready for any comer that wants to come in and take my challenge. <clears throat> anybody, anybody that wants to face me, who's going to answer Bobby Lashley's call? Who's going to be the one? We get the shocker. Kofi Kingston comes out with Xavier Woods to face Bobby Lashley. He sends Xavier to the back to face Bobby on his own. He's like, I'm going to be the next WWE champ. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. MVP stops him and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said anything about this being for the WWE championship? I didn't say anything about this being for the WWE championship. Rewind back to when he made the open challenge. And WWE actually shows it on television for everyone to see. He issued an open challenge, but nowhere in that open challenge did MVP say it was going to be for the WWE Championship. He just said an open challenge. A fa basically a basic one-on-one -on -one match. Kofi's not happy, but Kofi goes ahead and goes with the fight just to prove that, you know, he can, you know, fight, you know, fight. Kofi does a heck of a job. Bobby Lashley does a heck of a job. It's a back and the fourth. You're not sure. You know You know Bobby Lashley is going to get it. Everybody knows how Bobby Lashley is. He dominates everybody he, he fights. But the shocker comes when Kofi pins the champ because of Drew McIntyre. McIntyre causes a distraction which causes Bobby Lashley to get pinned by none other than Kofi Kingston. Now, we all know what happens when someone pins a champ. At some point in time, they are entitled to a championship fight. Does this mean Kofi Kingston could be the next you know, person to face Bobby Lashley for the title? Could we see Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title at Hell in a Cell? Could that be a possibility? All I know is that after the match, Bobby is ticked off. He is mad at Drew McIntyre. He is mad at Kofi Kingston. This is not looking good for Bobby Lashley. But we all, you know, it, it, it's just the name of the game. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with this. I'm interested to see, are they really going to give it a shot to Kofi Kingston? Because he did technically pin the champ. He has a right to a title. Would they give it to him? Don't know. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. We'll see. We'll see where this is going to go, guys. We'll see. You, you listeners might have a different opinion. I would love to hear your opinion. I really would. If you do, please tell me. Because I'm interested. Go on my social media. Hit me up. Tell me what you think. I would love to hear your opinion on this. Now we move on to Friday Night Smackdown for 521. The aftermath of WrestleMania Backlash. Well, WrestleMania, of course. WrestleMania Backlash was a great pay-per-view for both Raw and SmackDown. Friday Night Smackdown starts off with all the champions of Smackdown lined up at the top of the ring. Step at the top of the radio entrance ramp with their titles. You know, you've got, you know, Bianca Belair. You've got Apollo Crews. You've got, you know, the tag team champs. You've got, you know, everybody's up there styling and profiling with their titles. And uh, so Sonya Deville opens up Friday Night Smackdown. She's WWE in July. will start touring again. We've all heard it. July. WWE goes back on the road. This is great. This means, I mean, to us, this gives us hope that, you know, this bad time that we had in 2020 is finally ending. And we're about to, you know, get back into, you know, outdoor events, you know, everything, your concerts, you know. Wrestling matches, but for WWE to announce it in July, they're going to start touring. They're covering 25 states, 25 states, and a 25 state tour with Raw and SmackDown. We're excited! I'm excited! I'm excited to see this. This is great. This is great for WWE. This is great for us wrestling fans. Yay! Excited! But they announced that they're going to start touring again. They welcome SmackDown's Parade of Champions. 
she addresses all of them on the stage, you know, and addresses them all. Every single one of them introduces them all. Apollo Crews says, why would you dishonor me? He says, why in the world would you have me up here parading me around like I'm some kind of trophy? I'm not a trophy. I'm not a trophy for you to parade. He doesn't like having a fatal four-way tonight to determine the winner of the Intercontinental title. He's not happy with it at all, and he ain't been happy with it. He claims that he's going to keep his title, and that he's going to be, you know, still be an intercontinental champion and you shouldn't disrespect him or dishonor him as a Nigerian you shouldn't dishonor him okay okay whatever Apollo Crews okay okay you got you got your compelling story move on Sonia's not interested the one thing we do notice out of all the champions that are there the tag team champions Natalia and Tamina are up there Apollo Crews is up there he's the intercontinental champion Smackdown women's champion Bianca Belair is up there. The only champion missing is is the Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Where is the head of the table? Shouldn't he be up there with them? You know he is a champion. He should be proud of that. He should you know be representing SmackDown. Where is he? Paul Heyman comes out, comes out, and basically states, he starts making fun of the parade. He turns around and looks at everybody and starts calling everybody title holders. He turns around and looks at Bianca, title holder. Turns around and looks at Apollo Crews, title holder. Turns around and looks at Tamina and Natalia, who are veterans, title holder. Roman is no title holder. Roman is the champion of all sports entertainment. Roman is the big dog. He is the man. You respect the head of the table. What about the... Okay, okay, Paul. I get it. I get that he's a champion. I understand that. that he's a champion of WWE. What, you're leaving out Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is a champion of WWE. Don't leave out Bobby over here. You know, he is the WWE champion. You just disrespected Bobby. Why did you disrespect Bobby? You're claiming that Roman's a champion of all sports entertainment. I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega would like to know that in AEW. Yeah, I mean, come on. Kenny's got three titles. You know, shouldn't he be called champion too? What about over there in New Japan? Are we forgetting about, you know, Will Offspring? Hello, he's got three titles. He is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Are we forgetting about Will Offspring over there in New Japan? You're disrespecting Will Offspring. Ring of Honor champ. Are we forgetting about him? Hello, he's a champion too. Are we going to disrespect him? We're disrespecting Walter over here in NXT UK. Whoa, he's a champion too. Wait, 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 wait. And he is WWE. You're disrespecting Walter. What about Karrion Cross in NXT? Oh, he's not a champion either. He's just a title holder. Uh, I beg to differ. He's NXT champion. WWE NXT champion. You're disrespecting all the champions. Come on. There are other people out there that are champions too, Roman. Come on. You're not the champion of everybody. You are not the champion of champions. Sorry, you're just not. That's not the case. But Paul Heyman and Roman seem to think otherwise. In the middle of this, Bailey comes out and starts going on going off about how she used to be champion she's the longest reigning smackdown women's champion oh my god bailey sit down be quiet we've heard that song and dance <laughs> moving along we're done she basically looks at sonia and says i'd like to thank you first for giving me the opportunity at wrestlemania backlash i appreciate it but she says i think that you know, she's disrespecting the veterans. She starts disrespecting Natalia and Tamina. Saying, oh, they're washed up. They, you know, they just got lucky they won their titles. Blah, blah, blah. There you go again. Disrespecting veterans. Give me a break, Bailey. You're going to keep it up and you're going to have them all coming down on you. Shush. She just disrespected them. She disrespects Bianca Belair. She partially disrespects Apollo Crews, which I think was kind of low down to begin with because... Apollo Crews has done a heck of a job as a champion. I mean, he's done a great job. He's proven to me that he, you know, he's got it. Just don't do it. But why did you disrespect him? I mean, come on. Give me a break. She basically disrespected Roman without actually disrespecting Roman, but she did. She basically turns around and claims that Bianca cheated at WrestleMania Backlash. And she tells Shania that she needs to strip her of her title. Bianca, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, 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 no. Bianca comes down there. And basically, Sonya makes it perfectly clear. She's not stripping anybody of their title. Comes down there, and Bianca basically gets in, you know, 
Bailey's face. Bailey and her having a confrontation. Well, out of the blue, Ross members, Baszler and Naya, come down there and start, and Bailey, and they start attacking Bianca. I mean, literally tearing Bianca apart. Bianca's outnumbered. I mean, she's literally outnumbered. Well, the Italian Tamina ain't going to let that fly. They have a problem with Shayna and Nia. So they come out there and start helping, you know, Bianca, you know, try to take them out. Which just leads to a six-woman tag team match. Bailey, Shayna, and Nia versus Bianca, Natalia, and Tamina. It's a heck of a fight. It's a really, really good fight. I was expecting Alexa to come back out because of this thing with her and Shayna. Of course, Alexa didn't show up. Sad. Boo-hoo. Didn't get to see Lily. Didn't get to see something eerie. But it's a great fight. It's a really good fight. Of course, by cheating, Bailey, Shayna, and Nia win. Of course, they're heels. They're going to cheat. Who didn't see that coming? But they did cheat, but they still won. Not quite sure if they're going to, you know, make these guys fight for titles again. Oh, come on, guys. We are sick of the Bailey Bianca story. We are sick of the Shayna, Nia, Natalia, Tamina story. Move on. Move on. We're done with it. Give, you know, give Bailey somebody else to go fight. Bailey, you had your time in the sun. It's over. Move on. You got beat. Move on. Not quite sure where this is going. Don't know where this is going. Big E comes up, does his interview for his Intercontinental title for the four-way tonight, and claims that, of course, he will get his title back. That he will beat Apollo Crews. That Kevin Owens and them are not going to stand in his way. He doesn't care if he has to get everybody, including Commander Azim's big, you know, the big ending. He's going to win the title. Interesting little promo to throw in there. Of course, everybody gets to do their promos for the Fatal Four Way, but Big E's was an interesting promo. Alistair Black Chapter Four promo was one of the darkest and most twisted promos. If you have not seen Alistair Black. Guys, get on social media and check this guy out. Alistair Black is incredible. This man is fantastic. And these promos that he's been cutting for his return have been have gotten darker and darker. And it's more gritty. And I like it. He talks about the All-Father. And how the All-Father teaches him all this stuff. And teaches him, you know, right and wrong. And the true meaning of, you know... How humans really act and, you know, how your reactions are. It's an interesting promo. There are four of them. Go look at them. They're on his social media. They're on, you know, WWE.com. They are all on Twitter. They are everywhere. Go look at these promos. They are killer promos. Heck of a way to reintroduce Aleister Black. And I'm looking forward to when he returns because it's going to be interesting to see who he's going to go after first. It's going to be interesting to see this. Excited to see this. Love this. Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura, a.k.a. King Corbin. Excuse me. Don't want to disrespect Baron Corbin. Better call him King Corbin. But he versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, there was a few feud going between them two last week on SmackDown. They had a fight. Corbin won it. Shinsuke stole Baron Corbin's crown. Now, for those of you who don't know, Baron Corbin won King of the Ring last year. And when he won King of the Ring last year, he received a crown and a scepter. And He's king for a full year till they do another King of the Ring. Well, he's been modifying his crown every time to make it look better. He has his own crown that he wears out, calls himself the King of Smackdown, blah, blah, blah. Well, we all know Shinsuke calls himself the King of Strong Style. We all know this. He stole Baron Corbett's crown last week and was dancing around with it. Look, I mean, it was an incredible, credible promo. Killer way to set, you know, killer thing to set up. Well, WWE shows Shinsuke's Instagram and he's posted pictures, different pictures. You know, one where he's doing Kung Fu, one where he's drinking, you know, having coffee in the morning. One where he's driving around in his car. One where he's putting gas in his car. One with this beautiful fluffy orange cat wearing that crown. Wearing King Corbin's crown, posing with it. It, it infuriated King Corbin. It infuriated him to see this. This match was great. I mean, but what was incredible about it, and I'm going to tell you in just a second what made it so incredible, He's standing there waiting for Shinsuke to come out. And all of a sudden, we hear a guitar riff. I mean, a loud riff. It goes loud. We look up, and there's this guy standing there with a guitar. Now, for those of you who follow NXT, you know who this is. 
for those of you who don't, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. This guy's name is Rick Boggs. He is from NXT, and he's a great... I mean, he does air guitar. He I mean, screams. He's fantastic. He's a great, you know, great performer. He comes out and basically introduces himself. He says, now that's Rick Boogs. B-O-O-G-S. And I'm here to play Shinsuke's entrance with my pal. He starts playing Shinsuke's entrance and Shinsuke comes out with that crown. It's incredible. He's rocking that guitar. Great guitar player. Reminds me of Elias, but a little grittier. Out there just rocking with that thing. Following Shinsuke down. Match was fantastic. Pat McAfee's killing me. Talking about boogs. He just keeps talking about boogs. On and on and on and on and on. It is incredible. Pat McAfee was killing me. I was choking. Listening to McAfee on commentary. He's like, Big, big you know, Rick Boogs is my man. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. It was just funny. You, If you haven't seen it, go listen to Pat McAfee's commentary on this. You will literally choke. He is incredible on commentary on this. Pat McAfee nailing it. Golden, man. Golden. But this, <laughs> this match was incredible. It was a great match. Back and forth. Not quite sure who was going to win. Of course, Shinsuke did win. Goes back up with that crown. Back up the entrance ramp with Boogs. Playing guitar. Dancing around with that crown. Baron Corbin is mad. Oh, he's fuming. Because, again, he didn't get his crown back. And he lost to Shinsuke Nakamura. Not happy. Not happy at all. Jimmy Uso. He comes up to talk to Sonya Deville. Telling Sonya Deville that, you know... He thinks that him and his brother deserve a title shot at the tag titles. He thinks that they deserve a shot to be tag team champs. He really thinks that they, you know, that they've earned it. They deserve it. But he says, okay, he just basically wants to face, you know, with his brother, somebody. So, you're a tag team that, you know, you get their feet wet, so to speak. Because they haven't tag teamed in a while. And he kind of wants to get his feet wet. And he says, and basically what we want is we want the smoke. For those of you who don't know. The We Want the Smoke catchphrase is by none other than the Street Prophets. So Sonny Deville tells him, are you sure? You sure that Roman will be okay with this? He says, yeah, Roman will be fine. Don't worry about Roman. I got this. She goes, okay. If Roman's okay with it, you and Jey Uso next week will face the Street Prophets in a tag team match. Jimmy is happy. He's rubbing his hands. He's excited. You know, hey, we're finally going to get back to the tag team. I'm going to show Jay, you know, what we got. We're going to show Roman that we deserve this. We're going to go. We're going to do this. Well, finally, Roman comes out at his own leisure, as Paul Heyman likes to put it. He's the champ. He's the head of the table. He can come out whenever he feels fit. He starts, you know, cutting his promo, telling Paul that he needs to celebrate him. And Paul starts talking about how wonderful Roman is, how great of a person is, how he's such a great champ that he, you know, he does all this and he's so good, blah, 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 blah. Kiss up. Paul kissing up, as Paul Heyman always does. Kiss up, kiss up, kiss up. Jey Uso just stands there and doesn't say anything. Just keeps quiet, lets Roman do his thing. He decides he's going to call out Jimmy Uso because he's not happy that Jimmy Uso just called this, that she set up this match between Jay without running it by him first. He doesn't want Jay in a tag match with Jimmy. He doesn't like Jimmy disrespecting him, so he calls Jimmy out. Instead, he gets Cesaro. Cesaro comes out. Of course, mind you, Cesaro's in a sling because he hurt his arm at WrestleMania Backlash, so we knew that was coming. He basically tells Roman, you know, I'm tired of hearing. You yapping. I'm sick of the yap, 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 yap. I don't want to hear it anymore. I challenge you to give me another shot at the Universal title at Inside Hell in a Cell. Roman's like, you really want another shot at this title? You really think you deserve another shot at this title? Do you really think so? While this is going on, Seth Rollins comes and attacks Cesaro from behind. Cesaro does not see it coming. Seth looks like a crazed maniac on fire. Just literally beats the daylights out of him. Refs get him apart. Start pulling Seth away. Seth comes at him again. Here we go again. Just beating the daylights out of him. They get him separated again. 
Seth comes back at him another time. Refs are having a hard time. You know, management team's having a hard time keeping him off of Cesaro. They're at each other. He's basically beating the heck out of Cesaro. He stomps him. Curb stomps him. Refs get him on the other side of the timekeeper's area. They think they finally got him calm. Seth's coming down. They're talking to him. They've got him good. The other refs are basically trying to get Cesaro out of there. Oh! Seth comes back again. Second stomp. This time on the dang entrance ramp. Cesaro doesn't move. He does not move. Refs get him. They start backing him up. Getting Seth out of there as fast as they can. Here comes the gurney. Rollins is snapped. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his smile. Even Pat McAfee comments on how his eyes look crazed. He's just lost his mind. Seth looks like he's just not Seth. He's he's a crazed maniac. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where this is going. I'm just not quite sure. Well, then they start they stop and talk to Seth after the aftermath, and Seth tells him he's calm. I mean, it's calm. He's acting like Seth Rollins. He goes, I don't know what happened. I I, I blacked out. I can't remember. You know, I, I don't understand. You know, I'm basically, we hear him basically say, I'm sorry, Cesaro. He just, you know, just, you know, mumbling on. And all of a sudden, Cesaro goes by on the gurney. Light switch. He goes off again, just shaking and going, why do you make me do this? Just going nuts. Not quite sure what is going on with Seth Rollins. Don't know where this is going. Don't know what is happening. It's like he's Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's just from one to another. Seth's hard to predict, and this is it's just crazy. It's it's a crazy setup. Not quite sure where they're going with the Seth Rollins Cesaro thing. Seth Rollins Cesaro Roman thing. Don't know where this is going, but Roman's connected to this somehow. Interesting to see where this is gonna go. I'm interested what creative is going to do with this because they're you know they're they're planting the seeds, but they haven't exactly told us where these seeds are gonna end. What's the end game? What's the end goal? You know, are we gonna see Cesaro and Roman at Hell in a Cell? Are we gonna see Rollins and Reigns at Hell in a Cell? Are we gonna see a triple threat match in Hell in a Cell? I don't know where this is going. It's gonna be interesting to see where creative goes with this. It's gonna be really interesting to see where this goes. Tie team championship. Ray comes out with Dominic Mysterio. He's facing Robert Roode with Dolph Ziggler. It's a heck of a fight. It really is. It's a heck of a fight. I mean, really, really good fight. It's not for the titles, grant you. Not for the titles. Champions just come out to have a one-on-one deal. We're basically fine. It turns out that, you know, Dominic basically whoops Robert Roode. Shocker of all shockers, Dominic takes out Robert Roode, laying to laying to prove that he belongs in WWE. That he does belong there. He beats Robert Root. Of course, Robert's not happy about it. And blah, 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 blah. Who really, you know, really cares? He proved it. Shut down, shut up, and move on. Who cares? Yeah, it was a you know, great match. Really great. I mean, Dominic is really showcasing what he can do. They're actually letting Dominic Mysterio stand on his own and prove that he is as good as he says he is. I mean, he's he's fantastic. This kid is, a, I mean, this kid is going to be a heck of a superstar. He is. He's going to be, I mean, he's already planting the seeds and laying the foundation of what, he can be the as good as his father. He's just that good. I mean, he's great. It's fantastic to see Dominic getting showcased like this. I like it. I like it a lot. You guys may disagree. If you do, hit me up on social media and tell me. I'd love to hear y'all's opinion because to me, this is great. He's fantastic. I love it. Rumble, we see Jay and Roman standing in the back. And Jay's basically telling me he doesn't know what happened with Jimmy Uso. He doesn't. He's tried talking to him. Jimmy's just bent on this. You know, maybe him and Jimmy do deserve a chance, to, you know, to have a ta- you know tag team match and you know see where it goes. Maybe they do deserve a chance at the titles. You know, maybe it'd be a good thing for you know the you know, family as a whole. That you know, maybe it would be. Maybe it would look good for Roman. Well, Roman basically tells Jay that you know there is no they. There's only me. No, no I'm the they. You know, I'm the they. That's it. That's how it is. That's how it's going to be. I'm the they. Deal with it. Sit down. Be quiet. Not Jimmy. Not Jay. Me. I'm the they. I'm the only thing that matters. I, you know, I, I'm the head of the table. The rest of you fall behind me. I, I, I'm the man. That's it. Plain and simple. And then he walks off. Jay Uso has this look in his face that says it all. Jimmy's right. Jimmy's right. Roman is power hungry and power crazy. He's just not acting like he should. And in my opinion, 
you want to make your family stronger you want to make your faction stronger you allow the other members of your faction to have a shot at the title you know have titles too it just seems to me that Roman's wanting to steal their thunder he doesn't care about them the only thing he cares about is himself it's not about family with Roman it's about him and that's it and to me I don't like that I love Roman Reigns I am a Roman Reigns fan and I will shout it from the rooftops that I am a Roman Reigns fan I don't like that he's not giving Jay and Jimmy the credit and the respect that they deserve because they give him respect. They give him love. They're there for him when he needs them. You need to be there for them too. You need to respect them. You need to give them a chance to be you know, champs too. It's only fair. It would make your family stronger. It would make your faction stronger. It would make you look stronger if you, you know, if they had titles too, because then it would be, you know, it would be great. It would be a great setup. I don't know where they're going with this. The, the, the fact, the faction keep the family keeps breaking further and further apart. The more Roman acts like this, the more he's separating his family and he's losing credibility. He's losing, he's eventually going to lose Jey Uso. And it's not going to be pretty if he loses Jey Uso because Jimmy and Jay will no longer be there to help him. They will be against him and Roman won't have any other choice but to stand on his own two feet or lose his title. It, it, it just that's the way it looks. That's the way creative looks like they're going with this. I don't know. I don't know. Me as a personal fan who watches it, it's it's heading for disaster. There's nothing good going to come from this. Nothing good is coming from this. Roman needs to get his head straight, get back focused, and allow his brothers and his cousins to stand on their own two feet and be champs. Make yourself stronger by allowing them to be champs too. Now we move on to the main event. The Fatal 4-Way for the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn versus Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens versus Big E. This match is interesting because you've got two different groups who are actually having a feud right now. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and then Big E and Apollo Crews. Of course, Commander Azeems does come out with Apollo Crews. And you're expecting, as usual, Commander Azeems to get involved in this match. It really gets really interesting and it gets really good and the fight back and forth you know you weren't sure Apollo got took out a lot because the rest of the teams the rest of the group were taking him out because they wanted him out so they could have a fair fight Kevin Owens Sami Zayn shining like pennies you know Big E shining like a diamond I mean they were all looking good I mean all these competitors were looking good this match was hard to call. It was very, very hard to call. Back and forth, back and forth. You weren't sure where it was going to go. Big E finally gets in the ring, gets his hands on Apollo Crews, and this is where the match gets good. It's back and forth. I mean, big. I mean, him and Apollo Crews are just tearing each other apart. Big E hits the big ending. That's where Commander Azeems realizes Apollo's in trouble and tries to get into the ring to help Apollo. Of course, Kevin Owens and him make sure he doesn't. Right as he's getting ready to hit the beginning, the lights start cutting off in places. There's only one person that we know of that does that, and that's the Fiend. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, the Fiend's on Raw. He wouldn't be on SmackDown. He most definitely wouldn't be coming at the Intercontinental title. What is going on? And Big E's looking around, and, you know, Apollo's laying on the ground trying to figure out what's going on. Kevin Owens is stumped. Sammy's Zayn's Heck, Pat McAfee's stumped. Michael Cole's stumped. The, why are the lights going up? But they only go out in certain places. And then you look up toward the stage, the entrance ramp at the very top. It gets smoky. I mean, fog everywhere. The fog turns blue. So blue and so foggy, you can't even see the Titantron. It's so foggy and so blue and so smoky. The whole time you're trying to figure out, okay, it is this Mustafa Ali? Who have we got coming in through the smoke? Who is this? What's going on? All of a sudden, out of the smoke, out of the dark, thick, blue smoke, steps out a hooded, glowing-eyed Alistair Black. He has made his return. He walks out looking like... A devil walking out of the darkness, just stepping into the light, eyes glowing, hands stretched out, black hood, black shroud. He just looks twisted, reaches up, pulls that hood down, walks into the ring, flips that whole shroud off, turns around, looks at Big E, black mass, takes out Big E, grabs Apollo Crews, throws him over Big E, 
one, two, three. Apollo retains his title courtesy of Aleister Black. Where are they going? Is Aleister Black after Apollo Crews? Is he after the Intercontinental title? Is he after Kevin Owens? Is he after Sami Zayn? What is he after? What is this in game between him? Not quite sure. He did make reference, and for those of you who follow him on, tw on Twitter and on Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm going to give you a little clue here. A little clue. And this is just a rumor, guys. I could be completely wrong, but the way that Alistair worded this, it makes me believe he put on there with a picture on his Instagram, and at the bottom it had the tagline, It's a new day. Yes, it is. Is he going after Big E? Could Big E be his target? Could he be tired of Big E? Don't know. Don't know. Is he trying to take out Big E, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn so that he can go after Apollo Crews? Not quite sure. I like this Alistair Black. I like this edgy Alistair Black. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I'm curious as to where this is going to go. Heck of a way to bring him back in. Happy to see Alistair Black back. Wondering where this is going to go. I'm literally jumping up and down in my seat screaming it's Alistair Black. It was incredible. Incredible way to bring him back in. Impressive. Looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. You guys might have a different opinion of who Aleister Black's going after. And if you do, please give me a shout out on social media. I would love to hear your opinion on this whole thing with Aleister Black. What the story is. Where we're going. What's happening. Don't know. Again, guys, thank y'all for listening. Without you guys, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. And remember, follow me and hit me up on social media. Follow me on Facebook, on my Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Nights, Nights ending with a Z. Follow and follow me on Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. Give me your opinion on those. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear your opinions on this. I really would. I would. I would love to. I would love to respond back to you because you guys are the reason I'm here. You guys, you fans, are the reason I'm here, and I would love to hear your opinions. And again, guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. You have no idea how much I appreciate y'all. And again, we'll see you next time with more wrestling action, guys. I thank you very much. Have a good night.